Hello and welcome to Goodnight Moose, where you can tune in for a light morning start, an afternoon nap, or even a nice cozy in for the night with a bit of story time. I'm so glad you're here. Today we're going to continue our chapter book series, The Lost Fairy Tales by Anna James, and today we're going to be reading chapter 16. Let's settle in, breathe deep, and dive into our story. Chapter 16 The Crack in the Sky What's... What is that? Tilly whispered to Jack, feeling queasy. Where are they? I don't know, he said, the color draining from his face. I hope they're okay. Do you think they're okay? He was starting to sound panicked, and Tilly tried to calm him down, but she had no more idea of what was going on than he did, and no sensible suggestions. It didn't exactly look promising for the three bears, and everything that went wrong in this fairy tale land seemed to make it less and less likely that she'd be able to find Oscar, let alone get them both home in one piece. Why hadn't she listened to her grandparents? It wasn't like she hadn't been told that fairy tales were dangerous. But just then, Tilly remembered what Clara and Gretchen had said, and she stood a little more upright. If her grandparents didn't think she could cope here, then it was up to her to prove them wrong. She knew how book-wandering worked, she had the book from the fairy cabinet, and all she had to do was find Oscar. Right, she said firmly, as much to herself as to Jack. We need a plan. I'm just going to have a look in my book. What is that going to tell you, Jack said, pacing up and down. Books are always a good place to look for guidance, Tilly said. Usually in a more metaphorical sense, but I think in this situation, we might be able to get a bit of practical advice. Here's hoping, anyway. Tilly took a few steps back away from Jack and ran her finger down the list of story titles on the contents page. Okay, here, she said to herself. Goldilocks and the Three Bears, page 84. Let's see what it says. She opened the book at page 84, hoping there'd be a clue, but it was completely blank. There was the story title at the top of the page, but nothing else, and the next three pages were empty as well. Tilly started flicking through the book, and while most of the pages looked normal, there was another story missing. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was also blank. She turned to Jack. I don't suppose you know where a group of seven dwarves live, she asked. They might have a woman living with them who's got skin as white as snow and lips as red as blood and hair as black as ebony. You mean Snow White, Jack said. You know her too. It's so strange we've never met before. We have so many friends in common. I only know her by reputation, Tilly said, but I think she might know something about what's going on here. Can you take me to her? I'm not allowed, Jack said, working himself up again. I promised. She's hiding from her wicked stepmother, who wants to kill her. Hardly anyone even knows she's staying with the seven doors. Not even Mummy Bear. Have you told anyone else? Not a soul, Tilly promised. But I think if we want to find Oscar and the three bears, we need to start there. You're sure, Jack said? It's the best clue we've gotten so far, Tilly said resolutely, so it's worth a shot. They had only been walking for a few minutes when two small children burst out of the trees holding hands. 
The little boy let out a squawk of terror when he saw Tilly, and the girl put her fists up, trying to disguise the fear on her face. I'm not going to hurt you, Tilly said. Are you okay? Are you lost? Not anymore, the girl said, close to tears, and still half-heartedly holding her tiny fists up. We're going home, the boy said, pulling at the girl's hand. Come on, Gretel. Are you going into the forest? Gretel said to Tilly, wiping her nose with the back of her hand. Jack nodded. You can have these then, the girl said, looking at Tilly again, and then pushing a small cloth bag into her hand, before letting the boy pull her toward the village. Gretel, as in Hansel and, Tilly said. You know them too, Jack interrupted. It's quite awkward, actually, don't you think? The way their father keeps trying to get rid of them and they keep finding their way back. It's getting a bit embarrassing. But they're just tiny, Tilly said in horror. Don't be fooled by their tears, Jack said. They're pretty fierce, and they've got a sixth sense for home. And more tricks up their sleeves than they let on. I heard they pushed a witch into an oven. They always find their way home, although why they want to go back to their useless dad is another question. Tilly opened the bag in her hand and saw a few breadcrumbs left as she had suspected she might. She slipped the bag into her pocket. Okay, I've got it, Jack said. He had been counting trees and bushes trying to figure something out. I think... I'm like 80% sure I've got it. Tenth tree from the bramble bush, and then four toadstools to the left. Or was it four trees from the holly bush, and then eight four-leaf clovers to the right? No, ten trees. Jack kept repeating this to himself as he walked over to a tangled bramble bush covered in little yellow flowers. Yes, this is it, he said much more confidently to Tilly. As he counted ten trees in from the outside of the forest, it started to get dark alarmingly quickly an ominous owl hoots echoed through the branches at the tenth tree jack looked up at his feet seeing a cluster of red toadstools with white spots from there an unusually straight line of them headed off from the tree and four toadstools later they found themselves at the base of a huge twisted oak tree its roots spilled out from the ground and wove under and over each other, and its huge trunk stretched up into the forest canopy. This is it, Jack said, as if there hadn't been any doubt that he knew where he was going. He led Tilly around the trunk to a small red door almost entirely hidden among the tree roots. Jack crouched down and knocked on it three times. Hello, he called. Snow? Graham? Jeff? Is anyone home? His optimism waned far faster than it had at the Three Bears Cottage, and with a grim look on his face, he pushed the door firmly. It swung open to reveal the same dark void that had been inside the Bears Cottage. Tilly swallowed nervously and tried to summon her earlier determination. Jack picked up a stone from the ground and tossed it into the blackness, where it was immediately swallowed up. There was no sound of it hitting the inside of the tree, or water, or anything at all. This can't be good, Jack said. I think we should catch up with the prince and your friend. Maybe we can ask Prince Charming if the king or queen know anything about what's happening, and then I must get back to my ma'am, if she's still there. I'm sure everyone is okay, Tilly said, trying to comfort Jack, although she was not at all sure. I think they've just gotten lost temporarily. 
Jack nodded and put on a brave smile. Let's go then, he said, to the crack in the sky. They closed the little red door carefully and walked back out of the forest, and before they knew it, they were back in beautiful, sun-drenched fields. Tilly followed Jack across a wooden stile and into a field of golden wheat, rustling in the gentle breeze. There it is, Jack said, pointing just ahead of them. And what Tilly saw really could only be described as a crack in the sky. It was about two meters high and looked like a rip in the fabric of the universe. On one side, the edge of the blue sky was flapping like ripped wallpaper, and the other side looked like broken pottery with sharp edges. The crack was just wide enough for a fully grown person to squeeze through sideways, but the air was shimmery and translucent, as though there was a veil covering the gap, so it was impossible to see what was on the other side. Prince Charming's horse was standing next to it, tied to a fence post. What? Tilly started. As... Has that always been here? Do you know, it's funny, when I try to think about when it arrived, I can't quite pinpoint it, Jack said. It wasn't there, and then one day, it was. To start with, everyone was terrified, but some people have gone through it, and most of them have come back. Most of them? Yep, Jack said cheerfully, but I guess some people might have just preferred what they found on the other side and stayed there. So what's the plan? I'll come with you, if you want. Are you sure? Tilly asked, relieved. I'd be very grateful. Of course, Jack said nobly, looking a little pale. I can't just shove you through and hope you're okay. Do you want me to lead the way? No, I'll go first, Tilly said, taking a deep breath. It was a tight squeeze and the sharp edge of the crack snagged on Tilly's jumper as she crouched down and edged through the gap. Oh, Jack said as he came through behind her. It's just the same as home. You sound disappointed, Tilly said. Well, I am a little, he admitted. You sort of hope for something a bit more magical if there's a giant crack in the sky, don't you? I'm just happy it's not more of that black emptiness, Tilly said, and Jack shuddered at the thought of what had happened to his friend's house. Where they stood was a great deal like where they had come from, Green fields doused in sunlight stretched out in front of them under a vivid blue sky. Ahead of them was a hill with a very tall, thin tower on top. I guess that's where we're headed, Jack said, and Tilly nodded and set off. As they climbed, it became clear that there was quite a commotion going on around the base of the tower. The sound of angry shouting and crying drifted down the hill toward them. Soon they could see that the ruckus was being caused by a gaggle of around 50 men, some of who were teenagers, all gangly limbs and fresh faces, and some of whom were at least 60, with one struggling in the long grass with a walking frame made of wood. All of them were at least moderately handsome, even the older ones, and dressed very expensively, and all of them looked extremely cross. As Tilly and Jack made their way up the last few meters toward the tower, one of the men stormed past in the opposite direction, trying to hide the tears streaming down his face. "'Excuse me,' Tilly asked him gently. "'What's the matter?' "'Daddy said all I had to do was come to this tower and call a certain phrase, and a pretty lady would throw her hair down for me to climb, and then I could marry her. And not only will she not let her hair down, but there are all these other princes here trying to marry her too,' he wiped his nose." Are you trying to marry her? 
us? Tilly said, confused. Uh, no. So what, your dad just told you to come here? Jack asked. Yes, he said. He met my mom after locking her in a room and making her spin gold, and he heard on the grapevine about this tower princess situation and thought it might be worth a try. But word has gotten out, and even though I was here first, all of the others are threatening to fight each other, and she won't even talk to us. She has to choose and give us her hair ladder. Does she have to choose? Tilly asked. Why, of course she does, the man said, like Tilly had asked a particularly stupid question. How else will she get rescued and married? Well, actually, Tilly started, but Jack pulled her away. I think we should go and see for ourselves, he said, and they left the prince sniveling in the field. They walked up to the base of the tower, where small, ineffectual scuffles were breaking out among the gathered princes. No one wanted to risk injury to themselves or their clothing. Some princes were still trying to call up to the window in the tower. Go on, let down your hair. You promised. I've got such a big castle. If you just come down, I can show you. Don't listen to him. His castle has only got three stables. My mother has a magic mirror you can borrow. And so it went on. And amid the chaos... Tilly and Jack searched in vain for Prince Charming and Oscar, as the shouting got louder and more desperate, until finally a head popped out of the window. Enough! It yelled. The End I hope you enjoyed Goodnight, Moose, and I can't wait to relax with you again soon. Until then, rest well, have plenty of water, and don't forget to fill your cup of self-care.